0: Is meditation a tool to help you be more productive, or an ancient practice for expanding consciousness? Is personal growth just another way to escape the discomfort and uncertainty of life? And can peace only be experienced once we've accomplished all of our goals? Today, my wife, Allison, and I share another coffee date, and this time we talk about what has drawn me into decades of spiritual practice. There's the good and the not so good, so, why do I keep doing it after all these years? What did you just say? You sat
1: down? <laughs> You hit record. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> <laughs> you were just saying this morning, it's not public. I don't want the public to know about these things.
0: Are we still treating this as a date? Do you I've never
1: f- been on a date like this before.
0: You've never been with on a, a date m-
1: with what? a microphone in my face. <laughs> I know you got a joke. I'm I see it, <laughs> see it on your face. Stay
0: away from that one. I see
1: it on your face.
0: Stay away. My whole
1: body reacted to that I'm one. <laughs> stay away. Good boy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: stay away. I, I I might be maturing. Mm. <laughs> I think I've well, matured a lot. You're
1: maturing. You, I guess it's like it's all still there. Your initial thoughts and reactions are still there, but maybe you you don't just blur them out,
0: anymore. right? <laughs> what do you feel any genuine curiosity in this moment?
1: Um, in this moment, do I feel any genuine curiosity
0: or genuine like, ooh, I want to explore? where did you just go
1: (laughs) to a private place, not a public place?
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you don't, it's fine. But
1: well, it's there. There was a lingering question from yesterday that I didn't follow up on, which so it might not make sense to put it in today, but I did want to know like you. I was asking about the arc of your spiritual development, but it's. St- I started by saying like you've been a meditator for, for, and, and I'm just curious, like what got you, why did you, why are you doing that? Why did you do well, that? Just, you, did- you
0: say I meditate every day. I, I meditate most days. I don't want to give the impression that I'm like impeccable with that. But I do meditate most days, but I I think it's a I think it's reaching to say I do it every well, day.
1: Well, we could say you do it like five out of seven days or six out of seven days, pretty much.
0: So what had me? What had me start meditating? Yeah,
1: like what had you start meditating? I want to do a escape. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that's cause
0: that's why I was
1: asking because there was sort of this thing around like I always felt other, but I didn't. I, you know, but then there was like no way. You know, sort of hyper indip- indi- vigil- independent. I think there was and a so-
0: there was a there was a part of me that wanted to move in a in a spiritual growth, genuine spiritual growth, and then the, I didn't realize it until later that there was a shadow side to that. Mm-hmm. So, what drew me to the growth side, I think it was reading spiritual texts and seeing that meditation kept coming up as a practice and some of the states. That were to described.
1: And is this, when you say spiritual texts, were you talking about? You Buddhist,
0: know? mainly Buddhist stuff.
1: Okay. So you, so you, how, how did you were a Florida boy, like coming off We have of, books
0: there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, but the way you describe your life, you were a musician, you were touring, like you were, you were into music, you were doing, you were in a media company, media production. You know, you weren't, you were uh coming out of college where you were, well, I guess it was a ways away from college, wasn't it? A few years.
0: Yeah, departed. so I mean, when I was about twenty, I, I graduated when I was twenty-two and started a business five months after I graduated. Baller. And then, well, that's just the beautiful thing about being twenty-two is like, I can yeah. freaking do this. I can Even do this I, so true. I, I went to art school, <laughs> like, I, could I can start a business. Do I'm
1: smarter than all the people. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta,
0: yeah. I went to art school. I could do business. Um, <laughs> So um, what had happened was is that I was in a really, just a very narrow place in my life and I hadn't dealt with any grief stuff from my mom. And um, I just, I wasn't curious about the world. I didn't care to travel. I didn't, my, my world was just getting narrow, narrow, narrow. And it was essentially all of the, it was anything that I could control. And so I didn't want to read books. I didn't want to know anything about the world. It was essentially just really narrow. Mm. And it was very defensive in terms of avoiding conversations and anything that were might be kind of vulnerable. And I, I was vulnerable. I was in a relationship with a girl I loved and uh, we moved in together. And then um, she decided, you know, she wasn't ready to settle down. She had other things she wanted to do. And she moved away with, and the intent was like, oh, she'll move back. We're gonna move back and continue our life together. Well, mm. that didn't happen. And so all the abandonment stuff and everything just went, I just went down the shitter. And um, I, it it was pretty bad. I mean, I lost like 30 pounds, I couldn't eat. There was a period there where I couldn't leave the house for a few weeks. And um, I just, uh, it's easy to just kind of brush off now, but it was a really tough time. Yeah. Fast forward, moving out of that phase, I was really curious, like what the hell just happened to me? What, what did I just go through?
1: And it wasn't like, let me go see a therapist. I and- was
0: seeing, I had a therapist in my life. And, but I, essentially that was, I felt like I was getting more of a, just a cognitive or an intellectual understanding of things. Mm-hmm. And then I went through this emotional, this big, huge emotional thing. Mm-hmm. And it, that's where I was like, what was that? What, mm-hmm. what, what, and still going through it. Like I'd still have these, waves of things that I was experiencing, but I was just much more okay with experiencing those things because they happened. it was happening so regularly. Mm -hmm. But I was curious. And then it, I think that's where my friend, you know, having friends like Glenn at the time, who was, you know, 20 something years older than me, and he, you know, and he, he was into a lot more esoteric things and metaphysical things. He was into the fourth way and Gurdjieff and that kind of stuff, which i never really got into. Um, but just uh, I somehow. Oh, I was doing. I was volunteering as as a, as a yeah, Tai I was Chi instructor when
1: not woven. So all of that was happening. Okay.
0: And so I was teaching Tai Chi to elderly women. At oh, night. but they loved you. <laughs> they were sweet. <laughs> they loved you. And so I I did have the split life. Like I was, you know, it was just it was really strange doing rock music and then. Elderly women and Tai Chi and I was volunteering and I go to these places. And and that teacher, Sean Dennison, was he I really enjoyed working with him and he really embodied kind of this life of service thing.
1: Mm.
0: And um and very much of like, yeah, whatever praise you get, you can't own just as much as you can't own any of the, you know, criticism you get. Yeah. So, so it was very this Taoism mm-hmm. thing. And I appreciated um his influence. And so I think I just started pulling. On that string and reading books about Taoism and then that led to Buddhism and then, you know, kind of all of the the Eastern mystical stuff. And, and was
1: Glenn into Buddhism at the same, at that time? I don't
0: remember. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think there was any real Buddhist conversations that we were having.
1: I was wondering who brought, like, did he bring it to you or did you bring it to him or did it just happen that you all both
0: found it at the same time? He probably was more familiar with it than I was at that time, but we, I don't remember us talking about it. Yeah, so I was just I was just voraciously reading around that time and getting into the various kind of uh, kind of spokes on the different wheels, and they all mm-hmm. had their own way, their own version of the way. And meditation was a, a concept that was showing up in those things, mm-hmm. and I, but I don't think it was until I started getting into uh, Ken Wilber's work again where he kind of tied it together how a meditation practice can help us yes experience these states of awareness Mm -hmm. but also help us move up in terms of stages Stages of development development, and awareness
1: So stages of consciousness development. Correct. And before we go into that any further, I just, I wanted to also acknowledge like that when you, it seems to me, we didn't, we've never talked about this, but it seems like you getting into that esoteric or meditation, Buddhist Eastern philosophy stuff helped you with what sounded like, you know, that early religious dogma that was like, it's either or you're going to heaven or hell, like you know, because in the often the Buddhist stuff is like you're in hell, <laughs> like you're already in it, it's suffering. Yeah, welcome to life, and so so it, like let's work. Let's just work with these these states of discomfort. So it seems like, and I'm I'm imagining this. I'm checking it out to see if it's true, but I'm imagining that like it seems like that was a real relief to find some, some wisdom or someone talking about this sort of a theological orientation that isn't punitive, that isn't just, you're going to go to hell if you don't say your prayers or do whatever, you know?
0: Yeah. And I always found Buddhism, I could appreciate Buddhism, but I never felt at home there. Mm. Like I never felt, mm-hmm. it was it's so austere.
1: Hmm. well that's that's the, Zen. the Buddhism the Zen. I was gonna say that's not all Buddhist because Shambhala yeah. Buddhism is what I studied and that's all heart
0: yeah but there was definitely kind of missing and also it was just a completely different culture just mm-hmm. from the far yeah. east so sure. it was just you know it always just felt out there over mm-hmm. there
1: mm-hmm.
0: it didn't feel like the world that I lived in
1: mm-hmm. with
0: music and you know uh, you your know,
1: rebel flag
0: and your on your boogie board. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Powers. Kenny right? Powers. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, again, I was I was interested. It still felt really intellectual uh-huh. to me, uh-huh. but I I mean it doesn't mean that I didn't I wasn't really curious about it. So I did appreciate that. Um, but back to where did meditation fit in? So I, I think just
1: so when you found Ken Wilber, back to you were saying when you found Ken Wilber, you that was when he really started weaving and helping you understand. It's a, it's a trajectory of consciousness development.
0: I did, uh, yeah, I saw it as a practice. And I think that um, that's when I started to really get that, oh, here was something that I could do, here was something that I could try. And it could go in in conjunction with the Tai Chi that I was doing or some of the other things. It was, was, okay, I'm reading books, but I'm doing the service piece and I'm doing the kind of the physical practice piece of those kinds of things. But here was this other thing that could happen between our ears. And that was really, I was really curious about that. Mm. Um, and that, that pulled me to it.
1: Okay. So you said you, you, at the time when you got into it, you didn't know that there was a shadow side to it.
0: Yeah. And I read, I think I probably read it. This is where I talk about people that are intellectual versus experiential. Like I was, Mm -hmm. I was somebody that I think I read about meditation for a couple of years before I actually, like, okay, I'm going to try down. this, really try mm-hmm. this, really give it a go. I was one of those, well, I need to have the right, make sure I understand it correctly and how you do the, where you sit and how you sit. I <laughs> wanted to make sure I, I could do it, quote, right. <laughs> and so, yeah, that just kept me from actually doing it. Um, but uh, yeah, and then I, I, I think I came across the Goenka stuff. Mm. I was actually searching around for it, and I think there was a book that was. And when
1: you say Goenkā, what is that for people? Goenkā
0: was a a form of. It was a non-denominational version, if I remember this correctly. It's been a while, but if it's a non-denominational version of meditation practice. So you could be a Christian or you could be a Hindu. You could be a Jew. You could be anybody cool. and still practice this in conjunction. Cool. It, there, it was not like a, well, if you practice this, then this is your religion or anything. It was just here is a practice mm-hmm. and anybody can right. do it and it's free. Yeah. To if do, it helps you out. Great. Yeah. And it's free. If you want to come and do this thing, you can come to these retreats. And so I had heard about that. I read the little book. I oh, mean, I can't remember the, the name of the little book. And so I signed up for a retreat, a 10 day silent meditation retreat.
1: And so that was Vipassana style that retreat, was Vipassana. which just briefly name, just describe for people that have no idea these words.
0: Yeah, Vipassana is roughly a form of mindfulness, but you're essentially scanning the body as a way to be more present in the body. So it's much more of instead of meditation can really be in your head and you're watching thoughts this is about clue, really focusing in on what, are, what am i experiencing in my body in real time and you know essentially doing these scans of the body which can be fascinating mm-hmm. um, cuz
1: it's always changing if you really pay attention yeah
0: i mean one experience i had and we'll come back but the one experience i had was like i i really thought my knee bone my knee was going to come out of my skin i was in so much pain mm-hmm. sitting
1: and, yeah. and and you just took for context again, it, you're, you're talking about you're sitting still for 10 days. You're not moving. You're sitting in the same position. You've never sat you in this breaks. position necessarily. Yeah, you get breaks. So you're talking about the pain of sitting still in yeah, that
0: it, was, it sucked. And um, it's it's tough. And it was tough even for me. And I was in my 20s. I was, you know, okay to right. do a lot of things to my body at that point, which would be really tough. Now, anybody just watching, like my brain screaming at me, you know, your kneecap's going to come out of your skin if you don't move and just staying with it, knowing that my kneecap's not going to come out of my Mm -hmm. skin, but hearing my brain just scream Scream. and then just staying focused on it, focused on it, focused on it, focused on it. And then where is the pain? What's the, what's the pain actually? Yeah, just really getting Mm -hmm. curious about it, not jetting out, not going Mm -hmm. somewhere else. And then, um, it transmutes. Yeah, something shifts, mm-hmm. and I wish I could do that all the time. Yeah, but it's when when I, having an experience like that is really powerful. It's just like, huh, not everything my brain tells me is true. Yes,
1: yeah. Incidentally, this is for chronic people with chronic pain. This is an excellent practice because Which
0: has it's just been more your world. So
1: easy to get into a. Uh, yes and it's so easy to get into you to let your brain take over in that loop of like this is just hurting me but to be really present and really really literally quite present in relationship with the sensation if you zero in on that sensation it's ever changing it might the, the same feeling might come back to you know as like uh-huh. a for me it's more of a throb but like it, it might come back but if you pay attention it's it changes.
0: It's really, it's, it's wild. really
1: powerful. I remember, I remember learning that at at when I went to Naropa and doing doing some of this practice there, and I was like, oh, "What?" And they were they talked about how pain is really acute. It's it's short lived. Suffering is sort of on and on and on, but pain is quick. Mm-hmm. And so, I loved that teaching. Mm-hmm. And so that must have helped you. I mean, it seems like you went from being absolutely miserable when your girlfriend left and you realized she wasn't coming back and all your stuff, unprocessed stuff about your abandonment with your mom and all of that came back and wanting to just, you felt super miserable, but, but not really wanting to be with it to being able to be with it in a sitting
0: retreat. Yeah, there was a surrender there. I was like, well, just what else am I going to do? Uh, by the time I was doing the meditation, I don't remember, I, I felt like I'd moved on. It okay. was, it was a few years on. So you had already had some
1: process and made peace and all that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd moved on and mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was a whole, that, I mean, what had me move on is another whole story, but the, but the, yeah, where I was when I started meditating, but the, yeah, I don't know where, I mean, I can describe going to the retreat or whatever, but I don't know what you want to hear.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I I mean, as long as you, yeah, I'd love to, I mean, I think it's beneficial for anybody that's curious about meditation for you to describe it. But my, que- my original question was why did, like, what drew you to this? What, how did you, how, what had you say yes to this? What has you say yes to it every st- single day for 20 years? Like, really? I mean, you, you I, still say yes to this and it's not, you're like, Buddhism isn't my home. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, yeah. I'm, it's not, it's I think useful to you in some way.
0: I think early on there was a, there was a bit of ego. I think I wanted to. There was there was a few things. I think I was I think I was genuinely interested in this spiritual growth and I was drawn to that. There was definitely a spark to that. But I think that the rocket boosters were that there was a bit of ego like this'll make me cool as fuck.
1: <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was I didn't think it was this'll make me cool. I thought it was like there was this that is gonna that was make like, me yeah, sign I'm gonna up be for this. exonerated from all
0: the bullshit. Then there's the shadow part, which yeah. is I really <laughs> that's not
1: the shadow part? <laughs>
0: Well, it's, it's, it's one of many shadows. <laughs> I, I think there was the ego part that because if my ego really wasn't on board, I don't think I would have done it. Like if my self image was wasn't like, "Hi, hey, this is going to make me look pretty cool." Okay. But that said, I was I didn't tell anybody I was doing this. So I don't know. Right. I, I, maybe it's I'm maybe I'm being a little rough on myself there. Yeah. But I I I didn't tell people. I remember keeping it to myself that I was going and do this, and I didn't tell a lot of folks that I was going. And cause it was weird. No, I, no one had ever yeah. heard of this and in my world. Right. And um, yeah. So I, I mean, I think there was a part of it egoically. I liked the idea of developing into this spiritual version of myself. And maybe I liked, maybe just for me, I liked that idea of mm-hmm. being kind of, it seems like an asshole now, like those spiritual asshole types that kind of, I don't know. New age wimp. New, not new age wimps, but just the, the like, I'm spiritual and I'm in touch with whatever. Maybe I was attracted to some like version of that. I don't know.
1: It's interesting. I mean, I think you're still being hard on yourself. I wonder if you're still being hard on yourself because I am, you know, people don't do, <laughs> you can experiment with meditation and learn meditation without going to a Vipassana retreat. <laughs> You can yeah. learn how to meditate without doing things like that. So I, I wonder, I'm, I guess I'm wondering more like, it seems like there was a larger pull or call happening I that agree. didn't have to do with looking cool or didn't have to do with. I
0: just, I think that there had to be some, some high amount of ego in there or else I wouldn't have done it. I think there, I just knowing me at that time, I think there was just a, it, it was a component. It was a component of, hey, this jives with who I'd like who I'd like to see myself okay. become. Mm-hmm. However, much of that was, I just want to own it. I just, I just know that it was it had to be in the cards. Okay. And then I do think it didn't occur to me until much later until I realized <laughs> I think I was at another retreat where
1: <laughs> your knee didn't pop out of your chest. Well, no, <laughs> yeah, where one, it was another then... retreat
0: where where somebody was describing enlightenment, and then it was like, yeah, and then you do the laundry, and then you have another hell you go through. And then you, and I was like, I remember I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? You get through the enlightenment and then you have and to go through more it hell. Again? And I was just like, oh my God. I remember I was like, screw this. I'm over it. I'm over the whole enlightenment thing. But yeah, it was an exoneration. I was seeking exoneration. More of like the, I never want to go through what I went through. I never want to experience that grief again. I never want to experience that loss of emotional control and being in that place of being terrified and hurt and whatever. Mm. And I didn't realize it at the time, but meditation seemed to ascribe to that. When I saw the image of monks and Mm -hmm. people that are so austere, it was like, oh, they've achieved this place where nothing gets to them. They're not impacted by life anymore. I don't think I was really conscious of that, but there was was a thing like, oh, if I get there, I don't have to feel this stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. I can outrun it or sidestep it or I'll be so smart that it can't happen to me or something. There was some arrogant mm-hmm. version. There was something in there mm-hmm. that, was, that, that was like, okay, cool. This is an escape. Mm. And uh, which is not true.
1: Right. right. But, <laughs> but I think that was,
0: that was a large degree to why later on I became so disenfranchised with a lot of spiritual stuff is because I went towards it with that in mind. Like I didn't realize it, but there was a, there was somebody on the, in the room, that was like, if we do this and we do this well, then life will be easier. I won't get, I can't be hurt again. Mm. And then there was a fall. Yeah, when that, you know, didn't come true, or I yeah. realized that was not going to come true
1: for sure. So yeah,
0: uh, but it, but you know, the, in terms of the funny stories that I, um, when I showed up at this meditation retreat, which was the second one, no, the first one, the, the uh, I didn't know anybody there, and this was when I was like, wow, what the hell have I got myself into. And uh, I think I've told you this before. And I'm sitting there, kind of waiting for people to arrive. And I hear this trippy linear, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody I grew up with <laughs> called call me trippy. You, yeah. And so I was like, oh my god, this is just the wildest place. And it was a an old friend. She had she'd been on this path, and she saw me there. And she was working she was a on the staff. staff. Yeah, staff,
1: right. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> was like, awesome that's a person. great experience. So it
0: was great, you know. But it was also this really weird these worlds colliding here's my ancient past it felt ancient of growing up in a small rural town and she's a part of that and she's moved on from that and now we're meeting here just one of those wild bizarre yeah kind of add adding flavor to that so yeah
1: totally (laughs) that's great how did you find yourself in your shadow side of things did you go into a shadow shadowy depth there in your
0: in the first one
1: trajectory no um, in any of uh, and just in the it just in oh. the like let's say the first five years of getting into yeah
0: I think that um I think there was a version of it that be that I, I lost the plot there for a while I think I intellectualized a lot of this stuff and I was it was something that I could grasp as an understanding between the ears but I I don't looking back on it now that there was a, a so much to learn mm-hmm. about in Actually, integrating it and living it, like
1: on the ground. Yeah, how does it look day to day in relationship?
0: And it didn't help that I was being and I'd gotten accepted into certain circles, and I was able to hang out with some pretty extraordinary people. I'm actually hanging out and having drinks and being with, yeah, people in the at the higher levels of things. Yeah, so it was, it's, a, it can be a mind fuck. And, he, and I think I started to believe, well, I must have certain, some certain level of development if I get to be one of the cool kids.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um I, I, maybe I did have a certain level of development. I don't, th- but I don't, it's just a mind fuck. It mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, I. it certainly, I don't think I deserve, I didn't deserve to to think that I had accomplished something and that wouldn't, if it inflated my ego, obviously it wasn't doing the right. Right. It wasn't the right indication.
1: Right.
0: So, yeah. but I, you know, it was, it was wonder. it was really cool to have access to amazing people, amazing thinkers. It, you know, at the being able to, it empowered me to start a podcast and be able to invite some amazing people onto the yeah. show and, and, and have access in that way. But um it certainly wasn't an indication that I had developed some mm-hmm. Extraordinary level of spiritual development.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what? What shifted? How'd you get here now? <laughs> How did you get to your extraordinary level of spiritual development that not, you are? I, I know enough now to know I don't know
0: shit. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's kind of all been swept away.
1: It feels like that. I
0: appreciate that. I have to pee. You do? Okay, go pee. Yeah, I'll stop. Well, did you, do you feel like we came to a, that was a little bit more than a pee break.
1: (laughs) What do you want to, what do you want to say about that break? Is there anything you want to say?
0: I really enjoyed it.
1: I can't believe you want to come back to this recording after that. Well, I
0: I, I want to make sure you feel. Um,
1: Me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to make sure I feel
0: what? Expressed, like you get your, your <laughs> I got,
1: I felt like I'm expressed.
0: <laughs> Did um, um, we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. There's no way I could keep this. This is stupid.
1: Here's. <laughs> such a, you got such like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally sharp right now. Um,
1: all right. So the, we're pretty, we're mostly done with the conversation, but the, but the original question that, that feels like there's still little to answer here, which is, is why, like, why do you, why did, what brought you to it? Why did you do it? Why do you really, what, what. Why? What brings you back over all these years to do it? <laughs> initially, it was about self image. Initially, it was about escaping, you know, or st- initially it was about escaping. And then it became kind of, it sounds like it was egoic and self image stuff. So there was that. In that there. was 20 years ago. So, or 15 of the 20 years ago. So, so why keep going?
0: I had, I've had some you know, experientially like to strip away all of the stuff, the, the concepts and the ideas and the identities around meditation. I've had a few things. I've had some deep experiences in association with meditation. That like I've,
1: what? What do you mean? I'm saying like what as for the listener who maybe has never ever meditated before too.
0: I had experiences... Altered states that translated to oh, a new way of seeing myself or a new way of experiencing things.
1: Okay,
0: um, but there's a sense of really being able to experience my my body, or mm. an, it's almost it's really more of an electric. It feels like an electrical field in my body, mm. and it's such a heightened awareness of what's happening in my body that it's it's, it's it's so hard to describe the shit. It sounds so stupid as the words come I out. It. But there's, I think it a, sounds great. there's a there's an awareness of, of my being that is beyond just kind of the normal day-to-day of being here like we are right now. Mm-hmm. And I think the first time I experienced that after I was coming out of it, I realized that's always happening. My brain is mm-hmm. always perceiving that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That that experience is always available to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm just not able to access it because I'm in the chatter the chatter and the other shit. So that was profound. There was also a deep experiences I've had that when let's say I'm in a really stormy place, it feels like a storm, an emotional storm. And instead of trying to transcend or get away from it, that experience by moving into it and actually, and having the experience, which is different than maybe being in therapy and having a cry or something, but actually experiencing it um, while also watching it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense Mm -hmm. that it shifts, it heals or it transmutes something happens Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And I've had some experiences of deep peace And the only way that I can experience, the only explanation or the only kind of analogy is in the, in the way of like, at the, surf, at the surface of the ocean, it can be very choppy and crazy. Mm-hmm. And as you go deeper down, it can be quite still. And so I could experience all of that at the same time mm-hmm. in those deep states of meditation that I could, I could sense that there was all of this chaotic hurt or pain or suffering and then I was also really in touch with the deep stillness and peace that was there. Mm-hmm. And that what that taught me was that the peace was not a result of something else externally.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that was very you didn't profound. You buy
1: a thing or do a certain amount of, climb a certain number of mountains or whatever to, to get there. It yeah. was always with you.
0: It's always there. And it's so hard to, to articulate this stuff, as I said, but the knowing that, Really helps me as I go into the world, and, and that voice is there. It's like, well, if we only had this, or if you only that, if this was only mm-hmm. different or whatever, and knowing that somewhere, if I w- if I could just sit down and shut up and quiet down and mm-hmm. just listen and just be with mm-hmm. it, that the that sense of peace was within me. Mm-hmm. It was already there.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, once you've had those experiences, you realized, oh wow, there's really something to this beyond escaping. This doesn't have anything to do with escape. This doesn't have anything to do with self-image. This actually, this this is giving me something beyond all of that. Is that? I mean, I could
0: see why I would want to try to escape to those places. And I've met people that really just want to try to stay there Mm -hmm. and grasp, latch onto that. They felt those moments felt. I don't know if fleeting is the right word, but it's like they're there. They're just not easy to access. They Mm -hmm. take practice Mm -hmm. to to their states. They're not stages. They're not, you know, you're not there. You don't live there. Mm -hmm. But I think that the reason why I do it is that I like reminding myself of that. And there are times even in just a 20-minute meditation that I can drop in and I can really feel myself if I really allow my nervous system to drop down. It's like everything can drop in for a second. And it's just more of a, like a touch mm-hmm. of, okay, right. Slow down mm-hmm. and-
1: Yeah, but that touch is a full body attunement too. Body-mind attunement, when even if it's just a touch, it's like, shing, Yeah, I would think, I mean, that's how it is for me.
0: Uh, you know, it's hard, it's hard. It's hard to describe it, but it, it's enough of a, I don't feel like I'm chasing anything when I sit. I feel like it's on the list of things that that is nourishing for me. And I may not always want to eat my my nourishing foods. Right. I like the junk food. Yeah. But I know this nourishes me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I do have to be disciplined about it. It's not like, "Ooh, I can't wait." It's like, "No, I know I always feel better hmm. if I take 20 minutes to sit. Even just 20." Yeah. So, um yeah, it's it's back to that what nourishes me question, and there's just a deeper knowing. Like, yeah, I'm I'm at my best, or I I feel more grounded, more centered when I do that on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And that I I just want to add, like that's that's also why it's 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 bizarre to me when I see kind of the achiever version of the personal growth world that latches to meditation. And I'm, I'm like, okay, cool. But they they kind of go about it for their own reasons to mm-hmm. be more effective or
1: mm. like there's a, <laughs> the
0: achiever, the achievers version of that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what you would call my version, but the, the, the things that, that had me seek it. But, um, I always feel like, Oh man, you're missing the, the really yeah. good stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 Um, I'm noticing that if I were listening to this, or if I were sitting in a room with other folks listening to this conversation, I might have different questions that are that I would want answers to. And so, I just feel curious if you would be open to having if somebody listens to this and they want to they want to ask a different question a more, uh, about whatever. Would you be open to that?
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Okay. So,
0: so you, are you saying they should, they should they should email us the questions? Oh
1: yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> the or magical use, way that they do, do that. Your, like, <laughs> the <laughs> magical <laughs> way that they send? You might be able questions. to perceive
0: that. <laughs> Did you intentionally unbutton that?
1: Intentionally unbutton?
0: Uh, unbutton? Wow. Okay.
1: No, I intentionally rebuttoned.
0: Okay, Aaron, I'll leave it at that. All right, so they should they should go to uh, go to the dot or triplinear.com and use a contact form and send in a question that way.
1: Okay, that's good. Do, give should there direction. be something in the subject heading like more direction?
0: I think uh, no, it'll no, okay. just come in. Whatever okay. question you got. Okay, or or you can use telepathy to send it to Allison
1: because <laughs> I'm not checking my email. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, you're not checking your email.
1: I check my work email or
0: your phone. All right. <laughs> true.
1: (laughs) I'd be digital lists if I could.
0: If these interviews are helping you, please leave a positive review on whatever podcast app you use so that others can discover the show more easily.